The raid lasts the entire night. I feel we've been in the shelter for a lifetime, when it comes to me that I haven't heard any bombing for a while. I have a sense of confusion. I must have fallen asleep. A candle that I lit last night has burned right down to a stub. The all-clear sounds, the long, level note, the most welcome sound in the world. I disentangle myself from Eliza and put her down in the empty deck chair. She stirs a little, her pale eyes open and close. Is it over, Mum? says Polly. Yes, I think so. My body is stiff and achy from sitting so tensely all night. Fear, it seems, can wear out your body. I go to the door of the shelter. My heart is pounding. I wonder what I will see out there. Perhaps the end of the world. I push the door open. Step out. It's morning. But the daylight looks all wrong. Unreal. In the east, towards the docks, there's a glow as red as sunset. There must be vast fires burning there. There are great banks of cloud that hold the violent colours of the fires. Sulphur, scarlet, ochre. I stare for a moment at the unreal flamboyance of the sky. The air smells strange. It's sooty, acrid, heavy with brick dust and smoke. No gas, I think, though I'm not entirely sure what gas would smell like. But if there were gas, they certainly wouldn't have sounded the all-clear. When you breathe, the brick dust scratches your throat like you've swallowed a handful of briars. The raid's all over, I tell them cheerfully. There. It wasn't too bad, was it? Eliza is awake now. She stretches, yawns widely. Her eyes are sticky with sleep. It was horrible, she says. Well, we seem to have got through it, I say. We still seem to be in one piece. You were really frightened, Mummy. You were shaking. I could feel you. Polly frowns at her sister. How do you know that anyway? You were fast asleep, she says. I heard it. Every single bomb, says Eliza. She looks too sleepy to walk, and I pick her up in my arms and take them both out into the garden. Our house is still standing. Thank you, God. But when I look to either side, across the other back gardens, I can see that a house in the street behind ours has been quite badly damaged, the roof and chimney torn away. I don't know who lives there. Poor people. But St. Michael and All Angels, the church round the corner in Stapleforth Street, looks to have survived intact. I can see its familiar steeple, still pointing up to the sky. And the sight is oddly comforting. A window at the back of our house has been broken. The lawn is strewn with shards of glass which have a rosy sparkle in the light of this strange dawn. The glass must have been what so frightened us when it bounced off the door of the shelter. Fragments crackle and shatter under our feet as we walk. Be careful where you step, Polly. That's our window that's broken, Mum. Mine and Eliza's. Our bedroom window, she says. Yes, I'm afraid so. 
but it's just the glass. I don't think your things will be damaged. I picked my way cautiously between the glittery shards. You two will have to sleep in my bed for what's left of the night, I tell them. What about you, though, Mum? says Polly. You need to sleep as well. I'm touched by how considerate she is, thinking of me after everything we've been through. Don't worry about me, sweetheart. I can sleep on the sofa, I say. I suddenly feel an exhaustion so complete that I can scarcely move. Can scarcely carry Eliza, who is almost asleep again and heavy in my arms, like something soaked through with water. Polly opens the back door, and I take it.